0: Good evening everybody, this is Barbara with Canada Speaks Podcast and I'm so excited again to be recording on this evening. Um, I'm very excited to have uh, a young lady on this evening that, is, that will be uh, speaking on tonight. Um, I really appreciate her accepting the invitation to be on Canada Speaks Podcast. Um, I, I've been kind of following her on social media and I've gone to one, uh, one event that she, she spoke at and so I was, I've been really kind of like fascinated by uh, just her, her whole, um, I guess the whole, her whole, the energy that she has. And so I wanted to get her on the podcast and introduce the audience, get to know her because she actually has an upcoming project coming out. And so without further ado, I wanted uh, the audience uh, to get to know Miss Brandy White. Thank you, Brandy White. Yay, thank you so much. For being You're on welcome. This. Thank you. Oh Podcast. And Podcast. So tell them, the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, okay, so my name is Brandy White. Um, I do also go by Brandy Wine, which is my stage name. Um, I am an event planner, I'm a social media manager, I'm a poet, author, songwriter, promoter, activist. Mm-hmm. I could name probably a mom, um, I could name a thousand different things that I am um, very, you know, um, outspoken, um, especially in this day and age. I am working on a a spoken word collaboration project with Bobby Sparks, Mark Simmons, Tasha Jackson, a lot of different people throughout the state of Texas. Um, We're working on some rallies, working on different things, just trying to better the community while putting out a positive message. So, so, so tell. I mean, I guess you know, but you 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 come you came to a small town, and so what brought you to Corsicana? Because I want the audience. I want to build on you know who is Brandy White, who Brandy Wine, your stage name, Brandy Wine. Who is Brandy Wine? So I came back to Corsicana after thirty-two years. Um, I moved away when I was twelve. And I came back 32 years later. Uh, When I initially came back, I was coming back. My grandmother um, had some property out on 31 and I wanted to come and that property um, and keep it in our bloodline. Um, And I wanted to get my children out of the city and I wanted to be closer to Dallas, but I didn't want to live in Dallas. So I was like, well, almost like the movie Sweet Home Alabama, where she moves back home. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go for it. So I moved back to Corsica County. That was about going on three years ago now. Wow! So you come, so you came back, a city girl, back to your hometown. <laughs> and so you've so you been exposed to the city. Kids been exposed to the city, and so you came back, and you were like, okay, this is this, this is a small town, so. How did you, How did I mean, so now you're, I mean, you have a presence now. And so how did you come back, like, did you come back wanting to, you know, just still be the city girl? I mean, how did you, how did you come, did you have to come back and, like, adapt to the small, you know, the slower,
1: you know? Well, for me,
0: I I didn't have to adapt at all because I'm originally from Corsica Camp. Mm -hmm. So I used to live on 14th Street behind the Ice Factory. Now, for my children, <laughs> that, yes, they they had to adjust so much, and they did it really, really, really well. The school district um, is really, really good for them. That's one thing that I give Corsicana um, is that their school district is really, really strong. It's really good on building the kids and their character and their education. So I was really pleased with that. Um, but they they love the country so, and I'm I'm country anyway. So even though I had went to the city and I was in Dallas and Colleen all those years, I was still a country girl. Yeah, you know. So the country part of me never left. It just I ended up with you know multiple different accents from being in different places. Yeah. So to say, it, it was a sh- it was a shocker um, when I came back. And for the first, maybe, year, I just observed the city. Yeah. Um, and I just watched, and I just watched, and I just watched. And I was like, oh, wow. Not that it was small, but just that it hadn't grown. hadn't grown. So, so basically, you came back, I guess, uh, you could say, like, a culture shock. Like, oh, you know, I, you it's know, still a slower pace and stuff like that. So... Tell me about how you evolved into, you know, like you said, a poet. You had all the, you had all these different um, descriptions about who Brandy yeah. is. Tell me about, you know, how you evolved into that. How uh, how how you as a woman, a black woman, uh, evolved into so many different, you know, facets of careers. Well, I think um, I had a really sucky childhood. Um, and part of my adulthood was really, really hard. And I woke up one day and I knew, I knew before I started having children, I wanted Mm -hmm. to see a change in the world and I knew I couldn't change the whole world, but I knew that if God blessed me with my own children, that I could raise my children to leave a mark on the world. And so I ended up going to prison. Um, for three years. And I went to federal prison and I had a baby in prison. So I'm sitting in prison, I've had this baby, and I'm looking at my life and I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, this is... (laughs) This is not the way that this was supposed to go. And so when I got out, um, I hit the ground running to be an inspiration to other people that you can overcome. And so with that came starting to perform poetry first. And then I started organizing multiple poetry events. Um, And at that time I was living in Colleen. So then I started putting together community forums. Um, We had one called The Mindset, and it was where we focused on the black community. Although we were open to any other nationality, we focused on what can we do to better the black community. And we would bring in the leaders of the black community um, or the candidates running for you know city council. We would bring them all in in front of the city and, and have them explain to us why we should vote for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started traveling uh, with my company, which is the Food for Soul Experience. And so we started traveling all over the place and we were doing shows in all different states and different cities. Um, and then I had been writing poetry for years, but I never, you know, really did anything with it. I kind of kept it to myself. I only shared it with people that I was close to. Um, and then as I began to do the show and everybody kept saying, you need to do your own show. You need to do your own show. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do my own poetry project. Um, and that's what I do. And, uh, it it has not been easy. It took four years to finish the project, but I just decided to be a different voice. Yeah. Um. And to and and to even with my own children, because I have seven children, wow, and then I take care of my mom. Yes, honey. Do you want some kids? <laughs> I got five. <laughs> I got five girls and two boys, and so my goal was to show them that even though I had made some decisions that weren't the best that you can overcome anything and you can change your life and you can achieve anything that you put your mind to. And that's what I try to be is that voice for people of inspiration. So do you find that, um, that, that people in, in, in our community, in this community that they're drawn to you because, um, you're you're out the you're out the norm you're not in that you know know, we have a you know i guess you can tell you know because you you know you're from here that we tend to be like very conservative and you know this is the way it's been and you know we're we're, we're, you know this is the way you know we're going to stay on this you know this path and so do you tend to find people that either are drawn to you or they're like you know like oh my goodness she's not It's, it's half and half it's half and half it's it's yeah it's half and half because you know i've been gone for 32 years right Mm -hmm. so i come back to a city that is still filled with so much racism still filled with so much division still filled with so much hopelessness and i'm like "Uh uh-uh nah uh -uh." that was my like and i watched the city I, i lived on the east side for a year Um, and then I moved further out. Like I moved in different parts of of Uh Corsicana, um, to get a feel for the city as a whole. And some people are drawn to me and then some are just like, no, you're, you're saying too much or, you know, no, you don't want to, you know, make the wrong people mad. Um, I've, I've encountered a lot of racism, especially with the protests. Um, the, the last one that we did, I encountered so much racism. It was, uh, it was, it was amazing to me that it was that many people that came after me over wanting to do something peaceful. And I was like, this city needs to change. Yeah. You know, it, it it needs to change. Um, really, really bad. So how do you think that, how do you think that, um, with, um, you know, your drive and, and um, you know, your, you know the, the energy that you have, how, you, how do you change that thought process, especially amongst the black community? Because, yes, you know, we, we tend to not want to make waves. We tend to want to um, just stay comfortable. So how do you, do you motivate, you know, those that, you know, because my thing, you know, I always say that my thing is, you know, my good and your good may be two different goods. You know, I may be okay with how things are, but they're really not. You know, because at the end of the day, the African American community is kind of like at the bottom. You know, even our other brown skin community members are rising above the, you know, the, I, I say this, I call it the scratch line. They're rising above the scratch line and we tend to, tend, tend to start being lowered, at, you know, getting being lowered. And so, how do you change that thought process? Because you, you know, know, even in our local governments here, that's not we don't have a lot of representation. So, how do you change that? Because when you go north to the metroplex, you see so many other you see other African American community community members, or you know, uh, 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 families and all that. that. They're you know they they're they're, represent, they're represented at the local governments. They're you know, they're really involved in their community. So how do we, how do you change it? Or how do we change that mindset in our community? I I think it's about leadership. Um, I think that because for African-Americans and people of other minorities, dark skin, brown, black, whatever you want to call it, there's never really been one who, has led and i don't mean just a talker but led you understand what i'm saying like someone has could be everybody can't be the indian and everybody can't be the chief and you know no it's like you give a person two options a or b well if all if a and b suck you know what i'm saying they're going to pick one of the one of the what our presidential election. they're just going to pick one and it's so heart-wrenching because I feel that the black community, of course, in Corsicana is at the bottom of the totem pole. I mean, the proof is in the putting in the roads, in the houses, in the conditions of which the black community on the east side, the way it is. However, if you go down 2nd Street and take a right, you're going into a brand new subdivision where well, we're not wanted. You know where they have a pile of dirt and a pile of rock that they keep on the side of the road so that when the rain when the rain washes away, they can just fill the potholes back up, but they're not going to fill them up until you complain yeah. you know and and the houses are are crooked because they're appearing beam, or the Martin Luther King Center isn't open, or there's not enough activities for our youth um and see a lot of rep, uh um repeated behavior amongst the African American community. And so it, it, there has to be hope. It's not even planning hope. Especially in a place that has had no hope. So you know, it, so last but, night last night I got a chance to um listen to the you know, President Trump, um we had a, a, a town hall meeting. And so he made a statement, and I really, I always I always tend to make it local. I try to think about, you know, some of the, you know, what, even what he was saying last night. He said that before the pandemic, a lot of our African-American uh, people were doing not better. Now, so I thought about, you know, my community. I thought about our community. And I thought about that statement that was made, to me, it really didn't really, it really didn't, it didn't, it didn't, um, Apply. It, would, it didn't apply to our community because I look around and I see that we don't have a lot of our African American community members are homeowners. They're not part of, you know, they're not part of a, you know, the system as far as, you know, our local governments. We don't see a lot of, you know, you know, African American CEOs or, you know, running, you know, companies and all that, business owners and all that. And so I looked at, I, I, I thought about that whenever he made that statement. I said, we actually have a long way to go. We still are. We still have a long way to go when it comes down to him, say, him saying we're actually doing better. To me, that that's uh, not... He's never, first of all, he's not an honest person. Um, and so he's going to say anything. And what did he say the other day? Um, we're not his people. So it's not his responsibility to care about the black community's feelings. You know, these are things that he's allowed to say, and because he's allowed to say these things, it creates more hopelessness. You understand what I'm saying? It, it creates more hope because everybody's like, when is somebody gonna stand up to this guy? When is somebody gonna come and change it? You know? So, so my thought on that is, when you when people tend to say say negative, why not? Why not? turn it into a positive why not prove them wrong and so as a community it's to me i feel like we need to come together and say we're going to prove you wrong we're going to prove right wrong, that we're not a part of the problem that we we are you know we are business owners you know we are homeowners you know that we that we you know we have good jobs you know you know we have good jobs here in our local our local city and so instead of instead of somebody always beating you down, beating you down because that's just, sometimes if you get beat down so so much, then you you start believing that you know how hey, oh, you? you know. And so we just to me we just need to turn it around and say you know what I'm not going to buy into, into that. I'm not going to buy into that. I'm not. I'm, I'm not because I, I know who are, I serve. you know I know, who, know who I serve. Uh, you know, you know we're, we're kings kids. And so my thing is. Uh, you know, our community needs to understand. You know, what, it, it, I don't care what they say; we're going to prove you wrong. You know, because I do know we can go. You can go to other cities, and African American community members are doing well. You know, and so in spite of it being, sure. you know, in spite of you know sure. our town being a small town and all that, we just have to prove them wrong, Brandy. We just have to. You know, you're you're proving them wrong by yeah, you're taking, you know, your energy. And you're, you know, you're working on your, your project that's, that's coming up. And so, you know, you're, 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 you're beating the odds. You're, you're, you're beating the odds. You know, you, you say, say, excuse me if I can interject, that was one ahead. of the main reasons, that was the one of the main reasons why we chose to do Wake Up Black America in Corsicana. It's a portion um, that is talking about us waking up. Not pointing fingers, not saying, Oh, it's your fault No, it's us waking up and learning how to put ourselves in positions that other other nationalities we're in. City Council, Justice of the Peace, you understand what I'm saying? Mayors, governors, being a part of state. We in order for us to have real change, we have to have a voice. There has to be somebody within your city. That's why people think voting is not important, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Because it starts with your city. If you read a ballot, you might read on the back that they talking about free health care. You're voting for free health care for your city. Yeah. But because we can't get people to vote, because they've been trained to believe that their vote doesn't matter, because when you hear vote, you automatically think about the election, the presidential election we forget to press the city and state issues. Yes. And those are the most important in getting the help that's needed in the community. I watch, I literally watch them come in with their trucks and play like they were going to rebuild the street only to put down gravel. Only to put down gravel. Y'all did all of that only to put down gravel. And now you have people coming in to the African American yeah. community building homes and renting them out for twelve hundred dollars a month. Yeah. When you know the average person in Corsicana can't pay that. Yeah. Now, if you have two people in the house, one's working at Texas, Russell Stover, cold, you know things of that nature, you might you yeah. you might be okay. But just the average person, just the average person, excuse me. It's not that, it's not that, you know, it's, it's, we don't know. You know, when all you've seen is hopelessness, yeah. then all you see is hopelessness. It takes more than one person to be that little speckle of light to come through the clouds to say, you know what? We can be better. We yeah. can do better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we need that. And so body Sparks and our really good friends. You know? And I'm like, yo, we're going back to Corsicana. He would, you know, to shoot the video. He's like, okay, I'm with. Because we believe in uplifting the community. Yeah. We believe in having our own. Even though Corsicana is small, Corsicana ain't that small. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as land wise. And so we want to see more black owned businesses. We want to see more Black-owned beauty salons, barbershops, boutiques, grade shops, beauty supplies, tutoring, doctor's offices, those type of things that we don't see. If you go to DeSoto, DeSoto is considered the New Atlanta. They're the upper echelon Black community of the, of the DFW now. Yeah. Because it's filled with business owners, homeowners, CEOs, franchises that are Black-owned. Yeah. And that's, that's the biggest issue is that we as African-Americans, we don't own our own. So it's yeah. getting the program in the community to teach uh, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, how to fill out a job application, yeah. how to apply for an LLC, because I know that there's at least a hundred people right now that have the most amazing idea yeah. to start their own business but they don't have anybody to push them to say go for it yeah you know and and that that was that was that was some that is something that i point out when we talk about corsicana i point it out on a regular basis i say we got 50 churches on the east side but we only got one barter shop on the east side we We only got got one guy that got a barbecue truck on the east side you know and so and that, and that, because What's of course, Canada track? has always, you know, it's always had that railroad track mentality. Yeah, you know, if you on this side of the track, that's yeah. what it is. If you on that side, that's what it is. So, what kind so of legacy, ahead, I'm what, what kind of legacy would you like to leave? What kind of legacy? The legacy that I'm building is the legacy of overcoming, survival, um, entrepreneurship, success, prosperity, love, God first teaching others, loving others um, and helping others build if we get together and work together and build together then we can have something and that, that's the thats the legacy that I'm building that's the legacy that my children are building my 16 year old has two businesses, my 23 year old has three wow. you know because I teach them as long as you got a hand and a brain, then you have you you nev- you if you have to rely on the system, then so be it. But you want to make sure that you're doing everything in your power to self-sustain, mm-hmm. you know. And so that that's what it's all about for me is that you know, the, especially like my company to be here years and years and years and years and years and years for my company to be the next new Apollo make next 106 in part. Because those are the type of events that we have. with are poets from all over the world, bands from all over the world. In the middle of our show, we, we have post feature the black business owner. We have, excuse me, black owned business vendors in our event because we try to keep the dollar in the community. Our events are two hours long. We're already breaking the statistics. Because we're keeping the money in the community 120 minutes versus the normal 60 minutes. Wow. Does that so make that, sense? Yeah. So, Brandy, tell <laughs> the, the, the listen audience about your, project, your upcoming project. <laughs> <laughs> so, the name of the project is the Brandy Wild Project, it's a spoken word collaboration. There are 10 tracks, it is all live instrumentation except for two tracks that are done acapella. Um, All of these tracks um, Mm -hmm. were written by me, except for two. Everything else I wrote myself. Uh, One of my friends that's in the military, he produced it. Bobby Parks was Mm -hmm. my executive producer on my album. Mm -hmm. And it is just jazz, punk, um, R&B, old school, gospel, poetry, all mixed up in this blender and we just pouring it on you You know and so we take music we take music back to when music was music in the 80s and you got the live band and you know everybody's just jamming out and it's a lot of positivity um in the messages and then there's a lot of pain and some of the poems, um but there are a lot of people that are supporting me in this project because it was very difficult, because I'm actually very shy. Yeah. Uh, but it, the mm-hmm. first single mm-hmm. is <laughs> Melanated Unapologetic Brother. Um, that is a dedication to our black men. Um, it came, I wrote it when Trayvon Martin was killed. I felt like at that point, it was very important that we let our black men know that we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just shot the video for that, and that single mm-hmm. will release September the 26th. And it'll be on Spotify, Pandora, um, Google Music, iTunes, YouTube, everywhere I can get it on. We're trying to get it there, okay, and then the album okay. will be released in um, the beginning of November. Okay. Well, Brandi, I have enjoyed listening to you. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the single being out on September 26th. Yes, the 25th. Yes, ma'am. Uh, 25th. Okay. So I always give my audience, give my guests, an uh, opportunity to give a shout out to anybody out in the listening audience. Um, i do want to say again thank you so much for accepting the invitation to be on canada's podcast thank you thank you so much um so go ahead and give a shout out my shout out first is to god and to anybody listening um to my friends to my family but especially to anybody listening if you're in a place right now of your life of discouragement know it gets better believe that it gets better pray that it gets better god is so real and there is nothing in this world that you can't do for everybody that has made this possible for me i love you guys my kids i love my kids if it wasn't for my kids man so i thank you so much for allowing me to be on your radio show your podcast thanks i you. look forward to working with you we'll be down on october the 13th so i we definitely want to see, see you um for the voter registration rally um, and I wanna to continue to do positive things. So if there's anything that we can do for you, please give us a call and we'll be there. Well thank you so much, Brandy. And um, you just keep being you. You know, you know, yes, I know you don't change for change for nobody, so you just keep being <laughs> you and keep motivating and keep speaking, you know, spoken words. And so thank you again yes, for being on Cantergirl Street Podcast. And to my listening well, thank audience, you so thank you so much for supporting Canada Girl Sticks Podcast. Everybody please be safe. Practice social distancing, wear your mask, wash your hands and all that good stuff. And so yeah, you. thank you so much for being on Canada State Podcast. Have a good evening.